T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Diving deep into the Red Sox, it's Red Sox Review. Here's Brian Barrett on WEEI. All right, welcome in a much, much, much needed win for the Red Sox as they snap that five-game losing streak with a nice 3-1 to win over the Cleveland Guardians tonight. It'd be nice if they could just play every single game against Cleveland because now they're 4-0 against this Guardians team on the season. 617-779-7937, the number if you want to join us, if you want to react to the outing from Nick Pavetta, that's on the table. And, of course, as always on this show, what should the Red Sox do at the trading deadline? That's on the table as well at 617-779-7937. I do want to touch on Pavetta real quickly because this is a very important start. If Pavetta goes out there tonight and he looks like the guy that we saw in his previous three outings, one, it's really, really bad for the Red Sox because you're dealing with the sale injury. Avaldi has not looked like himself. He was absolutely atrocious last week. And look, we'll see if Nate's back to old Nate because the velocity's been down his last start before the IL stint and then the two since the IL stint. They need to get him back on track, but they needed to get Pavetta back on track as well. And Pavetta looked down the stretch before the All-Star break that he was just fatigued. And the big thing that I was looking for tonight was the fastball because prior to the break, if you look at his two outings prior to that, 92.7 miles an hour in terms of the average on his four-seamer, which is not nearly good enough. You look at it tonight. Velocity was up on the fastball to 94 miles per hour. So that's the one big thing I took away from tonight as it pertains to Bavetta is he did have the velocity back on his fastball, which is a positive thing. Actually, you look at it. He was averaging 93.3 if you take the whole season. He's up to 94 tonight. So that's a definitely a good thing. And a little adjustment that he made tonight is he decided to pitch out of the stretch. I don't know if that's something that Dave Bush had him do or Alex Cor, whoever or he just decided to do that himself during the All-Star break. They came up with that idea. Whatever it was, clearly he was better throwing his fastball. Now, his secondary stuff was not great tonight. He did not have a great curveball, though. He had one really good one to Jose Ramirez to strike him out. But overall, the secondary stuff was not great. And the one thing about Pavetta tonight that really was not good is if you look at his three walks, in all three of those situations, he was way ahead in the count. 1-2, and 0-2, oh 0-2. and, two, oh and two. All three walks, that's how it started out. And then he walked those hitters. And then the other thing I'd point to, he did have trouble putting guys away, where if you look at the numbers on the night, five of the hits were on two strikes. And that's been an issue with Pavetta this season, where he's now up to 45 two-strike hits surrendered on the season. That's the eighth most in Major League Baseball. 
So he walked guys when he had two strikes, and he gave up a lot of hits, five hits, when he had two strikes. So that's stuff that obviously he's got to clean up, and he's got to be better when he plays against a better team because this Cleveland lineup is not dangerous whatsoever. You look at it on the season, they're dead last in Major League Baseball and hard hit rate, really. It's similar to the Red Sox lineup in some ways right now where they are just like that all the time, where their only guy that you really fear in that lineup is Jose Ramirez. Other than that, there's not a lot of guys that you're scared of in that lineup for Cleveland. So you can get away with it tonight if you're a Pavetta. But going forward, when you're going up against the Blue Jays again and the Rays, to a lesser extent the Rays, but the Yankees, these teams that you're playing in the division and some of the better competition, Pavetta's got to be better than he was tonight. But based on what we saw prior to the All-Star break, major thing, and I give the organization, Alex Cora, Dave Bush, everybody there credit, the training staff for saying, you know what we got to do? I know we have the All-Star break, but let's give him the weekend after that as well. So remember, Pavetta really should have been starting Friday or Saturday, really Saturday, but they decided to give him some extra time. He had come into the All-Star break, tied for the league league, and starts at 19. And it just felt like he was fatigued, he was tired, he did not look like himself. So hopefully this gets him back going in the right direction. Like I said, little issues tonight, of course, he's got to be better with his breaking stuff. And he's got to be able to put guys away with two strikes. But overall, positive signs for the Red Sox. They need a Pavetta to look good because if Pavetta didn't look good, this team has got to be porked. They need a good version of Pavetta, especially because he can take some of the stress off the bullpen. Now, I know tonight... Schreiber goes an inning and a third, and Whitlock gives you two innings. But that's how you want to draw it up. You want your best relievers on the mound. So Hauk, obviously, is going to have to be a big contributor tomorrow with Winkowski back on the mound. And we'll see if Winkowski looks like the guy that he did in his first four starts rather than his last two, because his last two have been, quite frankly, atrocious. He was really good for four, that he was really bad. So they need another good start tomorrow from Winkowski. And this is sort of the type of lineup that you can get right against as a pitching staff. You say that a lot about an offense when you're going up against a bad pitching staff. This is a lineup that the Red Sox pitching staff should be able to get back on track against. All right, earlier, Alex Gore spoke with the media. He was better. He was better. Um, you know, still the walks, right? He walked three, I think it was. Um, especially the last one, 0-2 count, two outs, and walks, and then the base hit. So we had to go to Shriver there, but... Velocity was up. I think uh, his curveball was good today. His slider, it was okay, but uh, a lot better, a better rhythm. But I think the fastball, where he used it, you know, it was obviously a 94 95, but uh, he went to some good spots and he did a, he did a good job, gave us a chance to win. We play good defense. I think that was the difference. Um, you know, we turned some low plays. Um, you know, obviously Jackie made some nice plays in right field. And you now we grinded up and at the plate. It wasn't perfect, but, you know, when you're going through stretches like this, you give yourself a chance playing defense. And um, Christian was great behind the plate. Xander and Yolmer, they did an outstanding job up the middle. Yolmer with the at-bat, you know, uh, two strikes. He goes the other way. Doogie puts the ball in play. You know, he wasn't perfect, but, you know, it's a W, and we'll take him. Easy call there to go with Whitlock for a second. Yeah, because he was going to be down anyways tomorrow. Yeah. So he goes to today. He'll be down tomorrow. We got Tanner for multiple innings if he wants to. Tomorrow, Shriver is uh, available. So, 
you know, he pitched yesterday. He was going to be down anyway, so just go with him. And what were you checking on when you went out there with him? He slipped, you know, so you got to check on him. Nick was out of the stretch today. Um, he's, out, he's out working out of the stretch compared to the windup. You know, what was what sort of went into that? No, he he actually made an adjustment. Like he was closer with his shoulder. That's why it looked that way. It was still like a modified kind of wind up. But uh, you know, Bushy was talking about it. Kind of like create a lane and stay tight. You know, you can ask him when when he comes up. But I think it's just making adjustments, and uh, it felt like he had better, better direction and uh, you know better control. I mean, like I said, um, <clears throat> he's really good. And um, pitching the last two innings or pitching the fi- first five innings. Uh, the thing about the starting thing is, like, as a starter in six innings, you're going to give up two or three. Uh, I think people get caught up on that, on that, but he was good. You know, he had some rough stretches, the Seattle game. They made adjustments, but he's a weapon. And uh, there's a way we're going to use him this year. And uh, having those, you know, those three guys and then some other guys that are throwing the ball better. You know, Digman threw the ball really good the last two days, so we, we need guys to step up. And uh, having him, obviously, uh, <clears throat> we can do what we did today. You know, we rested Tanner. He'll be ready for tomorrow. He can go multiple innings, and we can play that game. And uh, hopefully there's a beginning of something good. You know, um, you know, it's a W. It's a big, big W, and you know how I feel about that. We worked so hard from 2 o'clock all the way to the last pitch to get that, and uh, you know, we celebrate, but we've got to turn the page. We've got to be ready for tomorrow. All right, so that was Alex Cora after the game. A couple of things that stuck out to me. He references the defense because the defense for this Red Sox team has been an issue lately. Because if you look at how they started the season, prior to their game on the 14th of June, the Red Sox were at 31 defensive runs saved. That was second best in all of Major League Baseball. And entering today, they were at just 23 defensive runs saved, which was 10th in baseball. That meant over their last 35 games, there were negative eight defensive runs saved, which is flat out atrocious, right? So they took a significant step back, and you heard him emphasizing the defense after the game, which makes you know that he's emphasizing that in his clubhouse right now with the players that they got to be better defensively because they just had too many of those issues over the weekend that were just inexcusable. Duran not running after the ball in center field. Jeter Downs letting the ball go off the bag, and then he didn't go after it. We just saw way too many of those things. At one point in left field, Remember the other day, Franchi, on Sunday's game, he just ran past the ball. So they have got to be better defensively. So obviously that's an emphasis right now with this team. A lot of guys playing out of position, which is part of the problem. I did think Franchi, and look, he's been bad at first base, but he made a nice pick tonight. So that's a good thing going forward with this team. But the reality is this, just with the offense, they need to just get healthy. Because right now, this is not a big league lineup. We all know that. And it's nobody's fault. Stories hurt. J.D. Martinez is dealing with the back spasms. And I do wonder with J.D. if part of the power outage with him this season is because he's been dealing with something all year long. And you could say the same thing in some sense with Xander Bogarts. I mean, if you look at Bogarts on the season, he came into tonight and he still does. He has the most hits on ground balls in all of Major League Baseball, which is kind of crazy to think about. You look at it, too. He's batting his... OPS on ground balls is 803, which is unheard of. It's the best in Major League Baseball. Julio Rodriguez is second at 733. He's slugging 426. Jeff McNeil's second at 398. So he is finding a way, rather, to get it done by hitting the ball on the ground. So you give him credit for that. And I thought he had a really good game defensively. 
Yesterday, he made a bunch of really nice plays. Alex Cora actually said on the pregame show to Will Fleming that he thought it was the best game that Bogarts has played defensively. Texting him about that prior to the game today, this morning, that he thought it was the best game he's played defensively. I don't disagree with him. I mean, he was tremendous in the field yesterday. So he's finding a way to contribute to this team, despite the fact that he's not hitting the ball at times the way you'd like him to hit the ball. The other thing I just say is this. The other reason they need to get their big guns back, not just to get them in there, but to get these guys out of the lineup. Franchi Cordero, Jaron Duran, and Bobby Dahlback, all three of these guys have been absolutely atrocious at the same time, and they're all overmatched right now. That's the reality of where those guys are at. They are striking out way too much. If you look at it just this month with those three players, I mean, it is horrific. Duran, 36% strikeout rate in the month of July. Franchi, 46.9% in the month of July. Dahlback, 48.1% in the month of July. And if you go back, they had a chance to break this thing wide open. And it's Bobby Dahlback and Franchi Cordero back-to-back in the lineup. And they can't get it done, which should not be a surprise to anybody. But you have a real opportunity there to take advantage in that situation to try to bring in a couple of extra runs there to make it an easier situation. And your two guys there in Dahlback and Franchi Cordero, shocker, they go down on strikes. And that was, remember, in the sixth inning, Ref Snyder had walked. Verdugo ends up hammering a four-seamer off the wall. Bogart singles on a four-seamer. Then Vasquez singles on a slider down. He just lifts it up in the air. Nice piece of hitting by Vasquez there. But then, so that makes it, a, what, a three-to-one game. Franchi down swinging at a splitter. Dahlback swings at a four-seamer up in the zone. And then Jackie Bradley Jr. flies out. But you got nobody out with a runner on third base, and you can't generate a run there. That, that crap just can't happen. And that's part of this team getting healthier. Because when this team gets healthier, you're not going to see both Bobby Dahlback and Franchi Cordero in the lineup. And I hope right now, watching this game tonight, and Will did a nice job of describing this after the game, is this is what it's supposed to look like in terms of when you actually win a game. Not from an offensive perspective. I'm not saying that. But from a pitching perspective, you get a pretty good start from Pavetta. I told you I had some issues with you got to put guys away when you have two strikes. You can't walk guys when you get ahead 0-2, 0-2, and 1-2. That crap can't happen. So he's got to iron that out. He's got to fix that. But the moral of the story is this is the type of pitching performance you want because they had no chance at touching Schreiber. Schreiber has been absolutely ridiculous this season. He has been unequivocally one of the best relievers in the sport. I mean, you cannot argue to the contrary. I still don't know why he didn't make the All-Star game. Maybe it's a name value thing. I don't want to get too much caught up in that. He should have been there. But he has legitimately been one of the best relievers in the sport. 59.2% ground ball rate, fifth amongst relievers. He's striking guys out left and right. And you saw it again tonight. I love that guy on the mound, the emotion that he pitches with. And then Whitlock is just a rock. You heard him in the game after with Sean and Will. The guy is, like, his heartbeat doesn't get, it doesn't rise at all. He was tremendous again tonight. That's what it is supposed to be like. And now when you have a guy like Hulk, who we know, Cora said he could pitch multiple innings tomorrow. When you look at it, that's three pretty good relievers, right? So when you're actually up in games, you now have guys in that bullpen that you can legitimately rely on. Now, they still, I would like them to add another one, and this is going to come down to the question with Bloom as we get closer to the trading deadline. My idea with this team, you're sitting there right now, and we'll keep you monitored in terms of the Seattle situation, but they're down one nothing right now. You're only two and a half games out in terms of the wild card situation. You get into the tournament, who the no, who the hell knows what happens? I would be looking at this situation if I'm high in bloom and the way that I would look at it, and I'm sure he's not looking at it the same way I am. 
because he looks at it in a more long-term approach. But these are champions right now. You have champions on this team. 2018 champions, Xander Bogarts, J.D. Martinez, all these guys, Rafael Devers, Nathan Avaldi. These guys that have been really, really good members of this organization. I would say take another chance with this guy, these guys. Give these guys another chance to go out and try to win a World Series. Because I feel like what Bloom did in the offseason is he didn't approach it like this was a team that was two wins away from getting to the World Series a year ago. If they just got one more reliever, if they had added, say, hypothetically, a Carlos Rodon and some of, instead of some of these old pitchers that they had gone after in the offseason, if they had legitimately brought back Kyle Schwarber and actually considered bringing him back, your lineup would look a lot different. So this whole idea of the team, this is what really irritates me, and this is what really pisses me off about the whole buy or sell situation. When people say this team should sell, well, the guy that's running the team put them in this situation where this is even part of the conversation. The reason this team is here and they just got back over 500 tonight, a lot of it has to do. And I'm not saying the players don't deserve blame or anything along those lines because, of course, everybody can be better. Except Devers. I mean, I don't know how you can be better than Devers this season. But anyway, just getting back to my original point is... The guy running the team, Hein Bloom, didn't do a good, good enough job assembling a team that was capable of making a run prior to the season. He owes it to the guys. He didn't do a good enough job in the offseason. He owes it to the players to help them out to try to give them an opportunity to make a run. And what is the guarantee that in 2023, 2024, 2025, 2026, you're going to have a better chance than the one you have right now? This team with a couple of nice additions could make a run. You'd like to see some more power in the lineup. You'd like to add another reliever if you could and make a run at this thing. 617-779-7937, the number. Let's kick it off tonight with David in Florida. David, what's up? Brian, you talk too much. <laughs> you know I'm on the radio, right? What the hell does that mean? You know, you know, we only have a limited time. Uh, I mean, we only go, we can't go to one o'clock because your your bosses are too frugal. You know, so he, he, once the game is over, we're just gonna go right to the callers, right to the callers. Well, David, it's my show, not yours. But anyway, what's your point? What's my point? You know, I just want to say to Red Sox Nation after tonight's gutsy gutsy when you know i know i know you're not much of a music fan but we need to break out a little reggae music in the words of bob marley don't worry be happy every little thing is going to be all right you know they got us right where they want us you know they're trying to set up the american league east they right now the american league east the, the uh, blue jays the yankees the rays they're all they're all very comp complacent they don't take the red sox seriously we've got one more series left against each of them and they're going to sweep them they're going to we're going to go back and and come august and september the dog days we're going to laugh David, at this those, is one of the most idiotic rays. takes you've had you you that's, think that the red sox are setting them up they're 11 they're 11 yeah. and one in the division on purpose you know, it's absolutely it's reverse psychology. You know, the the, the master psychology. All right, David. I, I don't know, David. Like you said, it's a short show tonight, so I don't have time to entertain these t type of dumb takes. I mean, it's an idiotic take. Let's get to Ken in California. Hey, Ken. Yeah. What's yeah. up, Ken? Yeah. Let Let's give a cheer for Hein Bloom. He got us Almonte. Wow. <laughs> That's a trading thing. Isn't this fantastic? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Really. <laughs> I mean, come on. For cash considerations, what was that? Fifty cents? 
<laughs> yeah, oh, I don't know what the hell they're doing there, Ken. I, and I said to myself, you got to be kidding me. Where's our first baseman? Look yeah, we're waiting on that, Ken. We've been waiting on that for two run. years. Look at the guys that couldn't drive in the run. First and third, no outs. Yeah, I mean, that's okay. bad. You get two strikeouts, and Jackie can't hit a cow in the backside with a paddle pop-up or a pop-out. Well, he, I'll tell you this, Ken. He, he's better than Dahlbeck and Cordero. You would at least acknowledge that. Uh, yeah. And he did have a hit tonight, and he hit a home run the that. other day. So, I mean, it, today's not the day to complain about Jackie. Today, you want to complain about Franchi and Dahlbeck, fine. But, I mean, come on. Jackie had a hit yesterday, had a hit today. I mean, these other guys are more of the problem than Jackie Bradley. They both need to get sent down. And if you can get rid of Cordero, that would be the best thing because he's never going to be a top-flight major league ball player. He doesn't have a position. He can't play first, and he can't play the outfield. Yeah, he did have a nice pick tonight, Ken, but I'm I'm with you, and for the most part, he's not a good defensive player at all. He's been horrible. He he, he absolutely has been horrible. And this this, what's he, president or whatever of baseball operations? He goes get an over-the-hill outfielder to strengthen our triple-A team? you got to be kidding me. Yeah, I mean, Ken, I, I appreciate the call, my friend. I don't know why you're worked up about that. I mean, I don't – I wasn't even planning on talking about that tonight. So I don't know why you're worked up about that. Now, if he doesn't do anything at the trading deadline, I'll be pissed off, but I'm not going to get worked up over that. Let's get to Andrew and Sudbury. Andrew, what's up, man? Hey, Brian. Obviously a much-needed win. Uh, the kids can finally eat again. Um, <laughs> it's a 99. Good point. I forgot about that. Man, it's been yeah. a while. I know. Uh, I'm just hoping we can keep this momentum and turn the corner. Uh, that said, I think it's going to take a sweep, or at the very least three games from the Guardians for Heim Bloom uh, to even give a thought to investing in the 2022 Red Sox um, and getting a first baseman. Um, I still think there's a little bit of hope for the Sox to make a wild card spot and not be sellers because we still haven't seen this, uh, this team's best lineup. Um, however, I think if I think if you can get a good return for Bogarts or Martinez, I think you trade them uh, because if you don't make the playoffs and then have them walk away as free agents, that is the worst case scenario. Yeah, if you don't make the play, yeah, I understand your point. So you're saying if they don't make the playoffs and you didn't trade these guys, yeah, I mean that's a fair point. I understand your point with that. I would just say that I look at this team and when they're right. This is a team that should make it into the wild card position. And the other thing I'd say, Andrew, and where I'd caution people is, are we so sure that Heinblum's going to make a good trade with J.D. or Xander Bogarts, if that's the case? Because if you look at it, what do you get back from Mookie? Alex Verdugo, Jeter Downs, and Connor Wong. So I don't exactly trust this guy to trade a star-level player. Now, if he's in the position where... He's trying to rip another team off that's desperate, like the Heath Embry, Brandon Workman situation. Okay, he's had a couple of good trades when it comes to that. But in terms of the actual trading the star player, he was absolutely atrocious. I mean, you cannot be worse than he was the first time he did it. Yeah, and then um, just one more thing. Uh, What the heck is wrong with Bobby Dahlbeck's face? I know, I noticed that the other day. He's got the shiner. I, I don't know what, I don't know if it's like when they were taking. Ground balls, something came up and hit him in the. If a ball came up and hit him in the eye, I never heard what that exactly was. But yeah, he's yeah. got the shiner. The last thing that guy needs is to look worse at the plate. Thanks for taking my call, Brian. <laughs> yeah. All right, Andrew. His line's open at six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. I mean, it's kind of funny. The last thing he needs is to look worse at the plate. I mean, it is tough to watch him in Cordero right now. 
Oh, speaking of tough to watch, I did want to mention this briefly because it, it was kind of a sideshow tonight. What is up with that dude on Cleveland? Karen check? That guy is out of his damn mind. I don't know what the hell he was doing out there. He's like throwing the ball to himself, throwing the rosin to himself. He was going absolutely nuts. And when he came off the mound in the bottom of the eighth inning, he was legitimately like yelling at himself and swearing at himself. And I do appreciate the people that stayed around at Fenway Park tonight for a game that had a rain delay and then it started running again. You thought, okay, maybe it's going to be another rain delay. That they were counting how many seconds he took in between pitches. I mean, that was ridiculous. I'll tell you what, Sal Amora thinks that guy works fast. That's how slow he works. Sal Amora thinks he works fast. All right, 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett with you here on Red Sox Review. A lot more to get into. I do want to get into what this team should be doing as we get closer to the trading deadline. Brian Barrett with you here on EI. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, welcome back in. Brian Barrett with you after the Sox pick up a 3-1 win over the Guardians tonight. Now, by the way, I do want to mention this real briefly. So the Red Sox did have three hits tonight with runners in scoring position. But this has been a problem for the team this month is if you look at it in July, runners in scoring position, less than two outs, 95 plate appearances entering tonight. That was the 18th most. 22 runs, 26th. 28.4% strikeout rate, 28th. 202 average, 28th. 261 on base percentage, 29th. And just a 7.4% walk rate, that was 24th. So this team has got to be better hitting with runners in scoring position, especially with less than two outs. And we saw it tonight with Franchi and Bobby Dahlbeck. That crap can't happen. You can't have back-to-back strikeouts with a runner on third base with nobody out. It just can't happen. 617-779-7937 is the number. Let's get to, oh, by the way, the other thing that I want to mention real quickly because somebody referenced it earlier, the Abraham Almonte pickup. I mean, this is a guy that is now 33 years old. Hasn't played in a major league game this year. Last year, he had 175 plate appearances with Atlanta. 216 average. 331 on base percentage was not very good. He's tearing it up in AAA this year. His OPS is over 900. 913 OPS hitting 294. I'm not getting overly optimistic or concerned about this one way or the other. I don't think this is like some... If the Red Sox are going to make a move at the trading deadline in terms of actually buying... This has nothing to do with stopping them from doing that. I just feel like maybe they saw value in the guy. So I don't really think it's a big deal whatsoever. Let's get to Alex in Connecticut. What's up, Alex? Well, that's exactly what I was just calling. Oh, how you doing, Brian? That's Good. exactly what I was just calling about. This this uh, new acquisition of uh, Mr. Almonte, who was uh, <laughs> ripping it up in Nashville. 
you know, the, the, I, I read up on it, and the only thing that I thought was great was uh, he's going to add some uh, some experienced non-rostered depth to the <laughs> upper levels of the farm system. <laughs> so great for Wooster. Here we go. High Bloom hits <laughs> another one out of the park, another diamond in the rough. I mean, well, he does love the under the radar guys. Remember, he that hurts him more than letting Kyle Schwarber go. Is he wasting his time on stuff like this instead of really focusing on on what the real needs should be for this team? And you know, all the talk and uh, and uh, you know, especially around the Mets that, that I'm listening to talk radio near me is they are foaming at the mouth for JD Martinez yeah. and Vasquez. They were talking about that last night on the ESPN broadcast. I was watching the Mets game last night against the Padres. They were talking about that a lot. It's just, you know, when you sit back and you're in your, and I am listening to it and there are like, I can tell you there are six players. I I kept, you know, notching it off, but wrote down as a piece of paper, listening to the different, uh, you know, the callers and the stations, six players that they are literally, Okay, maybe three of them I'll say forming at the mouth, but the other three are high interest. Six players on this team that they are, that other teams want, and our own GM can't help Cora and these six players to to give them a little help to get into the uh, playoffs. Yeah, so I thought it was embarrassing, Alex. I thought I thought I've said it on multiple occasions. The off season was embarrassing. He did not act like a guy that was trying to win a World Series in twenty twenty two after what his team did last year, and that was unfair to the players and that was unfair to the manager. This is where we're at because of what Heim Blue failed to do in the offseason. There's no way around it. He did not treat this team like they were capable of winning a World Series, which I felt was disrespectful to Bogarts, disrespectful to Devers, and the offers he made to those two guys was disrespectful, and I thought it was unfair to the manager to put him in a position where for the second consecutive year, the bullpen sucked entering the season. Now, they've ironed a couple of things out there, but it's not as deep as it should be for a team that almost went to the World Series a year ago. And then the other thing I'd mention is just he's had this hole at first base for two consecutive years. I mean, it's malpractice what he's done at first base, no doubt about it. Yeah, that's terrible. I, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. And the thing that gets me is that he's got players here that other clubs are dying to get their hands on. He's got a great core to make a run for it this year. And he refuses to do that. So we could sit back and see these guys you know, and I'm not against any of these players. I'm on their side. So let them thrive elsewhere. But, you know, it'd be interesting because Cleveland's not a strong club. If if they can, you know, I don't, you know, if they can take three out of four with Cleveland and get them so Hey, Alex, I think we're losing you. I appreciate the call. Let's get to Jonathan in Brookline. What's up, Jonathan? Hi, Brian. First of all, I was actually at the game, and like you said, the Karasak experience was actually electric. It felt like uh, like <laughs> when Giannis shoots free throws. Oh, yeah. Do the 10, 9, 8. Anyway, to get to the game, you know, Nick Vivetta, in terms of him, he was all right. Like, I would, like, even say, like, you could say, like, it, the the Bayo start yesterday and the Pavetta start today, they seem, like, a little bit um, comparable. When you think about Bayo, he just let up those, like, weak ground balls. So, like, in terms of, like, confidence when he was on the mound, Pavetta and Bayo feels a little similar, even though the um, the results were completely different. Also, um... Yeah, a lot of weak hits for Bayo, like, but he's got to be better with his control. You're right about that. The walks are too much. Not to mention Pavetta's walks, but those are a different story. When I look at this line, though, like, it really, like... And now, like, now when I, how do I say this? Like, 
when I look at this lineup now, it really makes me not like um, – it really makes me think of like what we can do when we're at full strength because I know we're talking about High and Bloom, and rightfully so because of his embarrassment in the offseason in terms of the Renfro and the Schwarber thing and the bullpen thing. But if we really take a step back and think we don't have Kike, Devers, Bogarts, or Story – we start looking about that. We forget how good this lineup is, and we forget how how this team can really contend with this lineup. So I know the Bloom thing's a joke, but this is what you need to do without those guys. We need to piece together wins, and when those guys get back, make a couple moves in the bullpen, maybe a first baseman. I look at Josh Bell because Franchi and Dahlbeck sandwich is embarrassing, to say the least. But, yeah, when this lineup is healthy, we forget how scary it can be at times. Yeah, Jonathan, I appreciate the call, my friend. I've said for weeks now this team should be buying. I don't care that they enter the day at 500. They should be buying because you don't know what the future holds. You know that in all likelihood, Bogarts is gone. Avaldi's going to be gone after the season. J.D. Martinez is going to be gone after the season. You don't know if you're going to be better next year. In all likelihood, you're not. In all likelihood, you're going to take a step back. So when I have a guy like Alex Cora managing the team, and I have these guys that have been great members of this organization, I would give them a chance to go at it. Give them some help at the trading deadline instead of selling off. All right, thanks to Ethan for producing. We're back with you tomorrow night after the Sox and the Guardians. Have a great night, everybody. Be safe and be well. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.